You're listening to the Option Alpha Podcast from OptionAlpha.com, where we show you how to make smarter trades, learn how the stock market really works, and generate consistent monthly income. Now, your host and head trader at OptionAlpha.com, Kirk Duplessis. Hey everyone, this is Kirk here again at OptionAlpha.com, working every single week to make this the most popular investing podcast offered online because it's based on one thing and one thing only, and that's helping you guys make smarter trades. So again, thanks so much for tuning in today. On today's show, we are going to start doing something just a little bit different for the next couple episodes as we start gearing up towards the launch of our backtesting tool, which is just going to be commonly referred to as the new toolbox, basically with Option Alpha, which happens on June 1st. So we did a whole podcast previously, show 91, if you haven't listened to that, on kind of the future of Option Alpha, what we've been working on. And so what I want to do for the next couple episodes, not only leading up to that, but also after that, during kind of like the launch time that we're going to be, you know, really, really promoting this and trying to get this out there, is to try to pull out some selective case studies from all of the research that we've been doing. And I think this is important because not only is it going to be valuable, but it's also going to be trying to kind of whittle down all of these tests that we've done and we've run into bite-sized pieces of information that you can kind of take with you and hopefully improve your trading, just kind of give you more information and more uh, research and numbers behind why we do what we do. And I think what's interesting is that we'll obviously be changing and kind of tweaking our strategy moving forward once we you know release the backtesting software and, and the profit matrix report later on in the month on show number 100. And we'll be talking about more of the changes that we're going to be making to our own trading strategies moving forward, which I think will be interesting and obviously definitely good little tweaks that we've learned in this process. So today I want to talk about a position sizing back test that we ran in TLT, actually two different tests that we've run. Later on this week, we'll have another podcast that's going to be doing an EEM straddle back test that talks about different trading timelines and durations. And then next week, we'll have a podcast on an Apple call debit spread and choosing different strike prices for debit spreads. And then later on, we'll have more tests on different win rates. So an SPY short strangle back test comparison and how win rates actually work for different strategies, expected versus actual. We'll have another back test podcast on a DIA, which is the the Dow Jones uh, Diamond ETF on a put credit spread on higher implied volatility credits versus lower implied volatility. Basically, do you generate more money during higher implied volatility and what is that differential? So we're going to have a lot of this stuff kind of coming out, these mini case studies in these podcasts. I'll try to keep them fairly short because we're actually going to be having more than one podcast every single week for the next basically month and a half as we, again, kind of try to promote this and get back on track here with uh, doing a lot of these because I think they'll be really valuable. And also I think these bite-sized chunks will help you guys out. So like I said, today we're going to be talking about a couple iron condors that we ran in TLT. And this is again, part of the backtesting software that we have. So the first one that we ran and the first one that we'll talk about here is we did a weekly iron condor in TLT. And the way that we set this first trade up is we set it up to make weekly entries every 40 days or basically average around 40 days to expiration. Now, this could mean that we enter the trade, you know, 35 days or 42 days, right? But the average entry is around 40 days until expiration. 
And so what that basically means is that you're making these trades every single week. You're not overlapping in the same week, but you could have weeks where you don't make a trade because it's not around 40 days until expiration. There's nothing kind of within five days of 40 days till expiration. So not too many weeks that you don't have overlap, but that's the, the whole idea with entering this particular strategy. We did the overall allocation in the first run at 50%. Now, again, as I've mentioned a couple times, and I'll keep mentioning this on the podcast, is that when we built the back tester, we wanted the ability to test single symbols because that's the best way to test strategies across single symbols. When we release our profit matrix report, we're going to show you what the combined results are for lots of different symbols. But it's really hard to build software, not only that backtests a single strategy and billions and billions of data points for individual option trades, but then combine that with a portfolio. So we did all the heavy lifting on our end. So when we say overall allocation of 50%, what we're saying is that strategies like this in securities like TLT half of your portfolio in that. Now we don't say, or do we don't imply, and I want to make this really clear, that you trade 50% of your account in TLT. We're just saying, okay, if you had 50% of your account in a strategy that's set up like this, in something like a bond ETF or a major market ETF, which really means that you can, again, substitute this for additional positions in SPY, DIA, IWM, the Qs, you could even do things like EWW or EEM. So the whole idea is, okay, you're trading stuff that's you know similar to TLT, major market ETFs and indexes, and that would generate about the same you know results because it's the same setup. It's generally the same stuff, right? So the whole idea here is, again, it's just an allocation that we have to put on the portfolio to project some sort of equity curve, some portfolio metrics. And so in this case, we did an overall allocation of 50%. So the whole picture here, and as you'll see as I go over strategy number two, is that this allocation really impacts the profitability of the trade. So in this case, with the iron butterfly or the iron condor and TLT, again, we set up 40 days to expiration. We had no IV rank filter. So we literally just tried to make as many trades as we possibly could, regardless of implied volatility for this setup. We took profits at 50% like we typically do. And we had no stop loss. So if the trade went bad, it went all the way to expiration. Then we kind of calculated how much the trade lost at expiration. No adjustments, obviously. So we just kept, you know, churning the account as as much as we possibly can with as many trades at 50% profit targets. Now, when we go through the results of this particular iron condor, this iron condor actually lost compared to the S&P 500. And it lost for a number of reasons, but the number one reason why this thing lost, it had a negative 67% return over the testing period, which is a little over 10 years. And the number one reason why it lost is over allocation. Because when you look at a lot of the other metrics that are in here, things like win rates, average P&Ls, like credits that you're taking in, you were taking in pretty decent premiums. In fact, you were taking in average credits for an iron condor of this size of around 100 bucks, and that was with all the legs that you had included, and your win rate was 81%. Now, in this case, we set up this iron condor at a 20 delta on each side. So we were selling the 20 delta calls on the short side and the 20 delta puts on the short side, right? So on the outside, it looks like this strategy should win at about 60%. If you add those two delta levels together, and then take the opposite of that or the inverse of that, then you get about a 60% expected win rate. But we see that with taking profits early and IVs over expectation, we still won at a really good clip at 81%. 
The killer, like I said, is the drawdowns that were associated with higher levels of allocation. So the thing that we wanted to build into this back tester that you guys are hopefully starting to see now, and definitely when I start going over the strategy tweak that we made in strategy number two, is that we wanted to have some sort of allocation filter in there. So you could see the impact that a strategy might have based on different levels of allocation, good or bad, right? Not to say that always higher is worse or always lower is better, but we just wanted to show you that impact for different types of scenarios and setups. In this case, with 50% of your account in a strategy like this all the time, you ended up with a situation where your sequence of returns created an impossible situation to recover from. And what I mean by this is that sequence of returns is really important in investing. Basically, how your returns come in your portfolio. Because what often happens is that people who are over-aggressive early in their trading career and really start shooting for the stars, really, right? They try to, as my uh, my wife put it with our daughter, she's trying to run before she walks, right? Or she was even trying to, our second daughter, Anna, was trying to run before she could even stand. I mean, she would like, you know, basically get up and then start really moving fast and then she'd, you know, fall flat on her face. And that's why I see people doing all the time is that they, they're trying to run before they can even stand. And with frequency of or sequence of returns, it's so important that you don't have early large drawdowns in your account because then it takes forever to recover, right? We all know the the typical story, right? A 50% loss takes a 100% gain to recover. And so it's much more important that you have slow, steady gains in your portfolio as opposed to big swings and big movements in your account because that ultimately creates a much smoother equity curve and ultimately leads to profitability. So the tweak that we made here in this iron butterfly or iron condor, I don't know why I keep saying iron butterfly, iron condor in TLT is we reset the strategy. It's a one button re- reset to edit the back testing when you use our software. And we tweaked one thing. And the only thing that we did is we said, okay, instead of an overall allocation of 50%, we want to do an allocation of 30%. So that's all we did. We did the same exact setup, 40 days to expiration, no IV rank, taking profits at 50%, no stop loss, same short strike delta at 20% 20 on each side. We basically just said, okay, just don't enter as many trades for the portfolio size, right? So that would mean instead of doing just, you know, instead of doing five tickers, right, or 10 tickers, you could do three. So you would just pair back your position size, whether it's by ticker or allocation, whatever you want to do, you just pair back your position size. And what we saw is that that actually completely turned this thing around and it went from a negative 67% return to a 6.86% return. And so you had a strategy that didn't beat the market yet because it still didn't work out. It wasn't optimized, right? But you had this thing turn completely around on its head by actually allocating less money to the overall system. And this is what I tell people all the time, we try to talk about this a lot, is that when you are doing a high or working a high probability, high churn type of trading system like this, it's really important that you don't have these large drawdowns and large drawdowns are associated mostly with higher levels of allocation. So to compare the two, you had the same exact win rates, you generally entered the same exact trades, there's no difference there. But your drawdown in the first trade where you had 50% allocation 
was at most the maximum drawdown peak to trough that you had was 66%. And that unfortunately happened early in the cycle during the market crash, and you just really never could recover from that drawdown. In the latter half of the, or the second trade that we did where we made that tweak and reduced the allocation to 30%, you saw your max drawdown reduced to 45%. And actually that 45% happened in the middle of the cycle. So during the beginning of 2008, 2009, when the market crash happened, you didn't have a massive, massive drawdown because generally your portfolio was pretty stable around that time period. I mean, lots of movement for sure, but not you didn't have your massive drawdown then. And that's really interesting because it kind of stabilized the portfolio during those hard market environments and allowed it to then grow a little bit more in the future. And so I think that this is a really interesting case study to start with because Again, what it shows is it shows how important just small tweaks in allocation can be. And look, there's millions of strategies that you have the ability to backtest or that will be at your fingertips when we launch this this software for you guys. And these are the types of differences that we think, you know, really add the value to what you're doing. I mean, can you imagine if you went the next 10 years basically trading these, you know, iron condors and TLT the way that the first trade was set up? assuming that you're going to do okay and you see your consistency, your win rates are really good. You have decent, you know, credits they are taking in, but you're just not making any money and you don't know why. It's because of allocation. It's because of over allocating and the sequence of your returns is all screwed up. You lost early big and that basically sets you up for disaster, right? So I think that these tests are really, really important. Again, You'll have the ability to backtest a lot of this different stuff. And these are the types of granular changes that you can start making that nobody else has in this industry. And we think that it's obviously a tremendous value because it's going to save you just a boatload of money in making wrong decisions as you move forward. So hopefully you guys like these little case studies that we're going to be looking at. Like I said, we're going to be doing these over the next uh, couple of days. Every few days, we're going to be releasing a new little case study looking at a different aspect of how we're using the backtesting tool and how you can use it. Obviously, regardless of whether you purchase access to it or not, we want to make these things insanely valuable for you so that you can take something away from it. I think today's talk is definitely one of the first ones I wanted to have on this position sizing impact thing because it's really, really important. It's something that we harp on a lot and you can obviously see it in um, in just how the portfolio reacts to different market situations. And now our favorite part of the show, Trader Q&A, where we ask a question from one of our current members about options trading. Got a question you'd like to ask Kirk to answer live on the air? Just head on over to optionalpha.com forward slash ask and hit the record button to leave a message. That's optionalpha.com forward slash ask. And now, here's today's question. I just recently had a situation with a iron condor and where the call side was in the money by about 2 to $3. And there was like 10 days left till expiration. And I was checking the intrinsic value of the short call. And it was, less, it was getting less than $0.10. Cents. So my question is, at that point, should you still consider rolling up the unchallenged side of the condor or just uh, close it out, which actually I did because I was concerned about getting assigned. Thanks. All right. So Ken, thank you so much for submitting the question here. I really appreciate it. And I think it's important that we talk about this because today we talked about iron condors in TLT. And just for full disclosure, the way that we built our back tester is that it doesn't assume any adjustments. Like I mentioned in show 91, we're going to be coming out with a bunch of adjustment reports 
based on the back testing and research that we've done on adjustments for different strategies, but that's not done yet. And obviously will be available for lifetime members when that comes out. So the question really is, you know, when you have trade that's challenged like this iron condor that you had, but you still have a decent amount of time left, but you're running out of time. It's really a question of, do you adjust for extra credit? In my opinion, I think if you can roll up your untested side in your iron condor to create an iron butterfly within the last 10 days until expiration, if you can do that for a credit, I think you do it. The only thing that you'd have to watch out for, and it would depend on really, you know, in this case, you said your call side was in the money by two or three dollars. That would really depend on if the stock is a low price stock or a high price stock. So two or three dollars on a $500 stock, probably not at risk of assignment, right? Two or three dollars on a $200 stock, probably not at risk of assignment even within 10 days to expiration. But two or three dollars on a $15 stock, then yeah, you're probably at a higher risk of exp- of uh, assignment with those options, right? So I think it's a little bit subjective there and I don't know which one you had, but I would definitely say if you can roll up the unchallenged side and take in a credit, then ultimately that's going to reduce risk in the position. Now, regardless of whether you get assigned or not, you should be covered on the call side anyway. So say you get assigned early and that stinks and you have to deal with it, you still have your long call option that you can exercise to either remove the assignment and cancel out the shares, or you can just basically sell back the stock that you were assigned, right? So it doesn't really matter at that point if you have those options and they get assigned. I think ultimately reducing risk, if you can, by rolling up the calls, the unchallenged side is exactly what you should do. So hopefully that helps answer your question, Ken. Again, thank you so much for submitting it. Remember, if you'd like to get your guys' questions answered here on the podcast or live on Facebook and Periscope, please head on over to optionalpha.com slash ask and click the big red button in the middle of the screen. Leave me a private voicemail. Remember, there's no software to download or install. It's very easy to do and it is first come first serve. So I'm literally working down the list. We're taking questions from there, answering them on Periscope and Facebook and also answering them here on the podcast. Now, before we get into the closing bell segment, again, I wanted to remind you guys about our increase in the lifetime membership cost on June 1st, once the backtesting software goes live. It will still be an insane value after that point, but obviously, if you can get in before that, you're going to save yourself some money. So if you want to join our lifetime membership program, which gets you access to the backtesting software and all the research that we have now or in the future, you can head on over to optionalpha.com slash lifetime. Now, the closing bell. Find out which stocks we're looking at right now, trades we're making, and hear our game plan moving forward. All right, so in today's closing bell segment, I want to talk about a new trade that we're making in EWZ. Now, for those of you who know and follow EWZ, you probably saw that EWZ had pretty much a market crash just the other day. So there was a lot of allegations around EWZ and I guess some bribery coming out of like federal officials at the highest levels. I don't know if it was the president or whoever exactly it was, but you saw EWZ, which is a Brazilian ETF, basically crash about 15% back on Thursday. And so I'm recording this podcast basically at that time when we just made this trade in the evening and it's the same day that we actually saw EWZ fall. Now in this case, implied volatility shot up through the roof. And what we saw is implied volatility go from basically like a 30 rank up to 100. So the highest level that we've seen. 
naturally because the markets have no idea what's going on, right? So this expectation is that EWZ is going to be all over the place. The reality though is, is that creates a huge opportunity for us as option sellers to sell premium here. Now, the way that we're going to do it, the way that we would typically do it is to sell a straddle. Now, in this case, I want to do a synthetic straddle. And so the reason I don't want to do just the regular naked straddle in EWZ is because I think after a 15% move in a stock like this or ETF like this, that it's very easy to see over the next couple of days, another five, six, 7% move up or down. And so as more information comes out and as people have time to digest it, I think EWZ is going to move all over the place. So if I'm going to enter a position here in this case, I want to do it a little bit risk defined. Now that means I'm going to do it synthetically, which means I'm going to do it really, really wide. So in this case, we did the 34 calls and 34 puts. That's where EWZ was trading today when we made this trade at about two o'clock in the afternoon. We're selling those at the money options, taking in a massive credit for those, and then going out really far on either end. EWZ is a $34 stock, so far out is about $6 on either end and buying protection for pretty cheap. So our protection's about 20, 30 bucks a piece. So it's not too expensive, but our overall credit ends up being about $3.40, which is a huge, huge improvement on one of the other positions that we had in EWZ prior, which we only collected, I think like $1.40 in credit for an Iron Butterfly. It was much tighter wings, but we didn't collect as much money. And this just shows you how high implied volatility pays much, much more. So in this case, we collected a $3.40 credit that basically gives us a really wide range in which EWZ can trade. Remember, it's it moved down from 40 to 34 in literally a day. So a $6 move. So now we've given it basically a $6.5 range on either end, almost a $7 range on either end to move over the next month. So look, I know that EWZ is going to move. In fact, I expect it to move. Probably by the time that this podcast goes live, EWZ would have made maybe multiple, you know, 5% moves up or down. But the reality is, is that when this event happens, you can't shy away from it and you have to aggressively basically plow into this. Now we did a fairly big position in this with room to expand. So we're not quite at our 5% threshold yet but we're getting there very quickly. We want to leave room to add another ladder position later on, depending on where EWZ moves. But like I said, you can't shy away from this type of stuff. You have to aggressively go into it and basically kind of like attack this higher implied volatility. We'll talk more about how higher implied volatility generates higher credits in show number 96, which is coming out in about a week and a half or so. So if you want to learn more about that and listen to the case study that we have on DIA, you definitely want to um, earmark that one to listen to. Again, show number 96. Thanks for listening to the Option Alpha podcast. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a rating or comment. Plus, you can get everything. Free email updates for future shows, transcripts, video tutorials, case studies, and more. Just visit our website at optionalpha.com. All right, so I truly hope you guys enjoyed today's show and got at least one thing out of it that you can apply right now to make you a smarter more profitable trader and investor. As always, you can get additional resources, links mentioned in the show, and some related video training by going to optionalpha.com slash show 92. Again, that's just the number 92, optionalpha.com slash show 92. Until next time, happy trading.